0: No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hi, welcome to Built for the Stage podcast. This is Joe Roscoe, founder of Built for the Stage, Broadway's number one fitness platform. If you want to try a free trial, go to the website builtforthestage.com or click the link in the description of this episode and you can work for seven days with your own Broadway fitness coach on an online app. So check it out. No catch, no gimmicks. Built for the stage.com. If you like Built for the Stage podcast, please rate, subscribe, and leave a comment. It'd be greatly appreciated. All right. Please enjoy this conversation. All right. Our guest today, Gideon Glick. Built for the stage fam talking, uh, some fitness with him before we went live here on this episode. Gideon is currently in this little play called To Kill a Mockingbird. Not sure if anyone's heard of it. He's also been in Significant Other, Spider-Man, Turn Off the Dark, and Spring Awakening on the Broadway. Gideon, welcome to Build for the Stage Podcast.
1: Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for coming.
0: I really like you.
1: I like it too.
0: <laughs> you know, honestly, we're going to hang out after this because I saw you in To Kill a Mogginbird last week. Got to chat a little bit, meet you in person for the first time because we'd just been chatting through the app and it was thoroughly enjoyable. Got to see you backstage.
1: Yes, well, the feeling is
0: mutual. You were great. Well, thanks. I'm not
1: just saying that. I appreciate that. You know,
0: I heard that your Tony nomination was a fluke, but they were wrong. <laughs> I'm so glad. They were wrong. I'm you so, were so actually glad. good. You, don't you, believe the hype. You have some... The t- negative hype. You have some talent oh, up there. Oh, thank you. Thank you, good sir. I re- <laughs> I hope I didn't, like, upset you, but... So, for all the listeners, we're backstage, and I don't know if it's... I mean it's it's normal for people to be waiting at the stage door for actors but there was a good amount of people there more than you might see in some other uh, other shows I don't I, know I is it Jeff a, Dak, Jeff D- uh, Daniels is that why is it because of you I think uh, it's Jeff
1: I think it's uh not Jack Daniels but the uh, Jeff Daniels well, no. well, people, This will people will be in line for This woman
0: well yeah right this woman in front of me getting her tickets was like Is Jack Daniels gonna be in the show? Because I really want to see him. Is and he's like, yeah, Jack's gonna be in it.
1: And we shared a little laugh. Jeff Bridges is also sometimes people think they're coming to see Jeff Bridges. Oh man,
0: the disappointment.
1: Well, or maybe. Or maybe not. Maybe a pleasant surprise. Who knows?
0: So there's a lot of people at the stage door either to see Jeff or you. I don't know. The I think
1: deba- the, they're there to see To Kill a Mockingbird.
0: Maybe. It's a very, very popular title. Maybe. It's a great book. It's a great movie. It's a great play. Do kids still read it in school now? Uh-huh. It's still
1: going. Oh, yeah. Good for that book. Good. I, I, what was that? S- seventh grade? I think it depends on your school. I Mine think, was seventh, but I've yeah. heard it can go all the way up to
0: the tenth. I'm pretty sure seventh was for me. So anyways, Giddy and I are walking out of the stage door from the inside of the theater to the outside, and I happen to exit first. So I come out, and there's the crowd of people, and they start <laughs> cheering and, and clapping, and I, like, raise my hand, thank you so much, thank you for coming, and they're still clapping, and then finally I had to be like, no, I'm, I'm not in the show, it's, it's this guy. Who do you think they thought you were? I don't, it doesn't matter. They don't know. You know, people, That's they come what I'm
1: saying they're happy to go to, to Killamocking. Yeah.
0: they. You come out there and they're like, who were you? Were you? All right. I'll stop there. But that was really enjoyable for me.
1: Well, I'm glad you got that experience.
0: I mean, me too, because the show itself was gosh. I mean, if I didn't have that experience afterwards, it would have just been a waste of night. I'm so sorry to hear that. <laughs> All joking aside, Gideon is brilliant. Go see the show now. The ticket is worth it. All right. So I'm trying out this new thing and uh, it sucks, but we're going to do it. So we're going to get into our pre-workout drink first before our training session. Oh, See, good. It's not good. It's, it's fine.
1: I think you got to go with it. I think you got to embrace it. You think? I mean, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But, but in the meantime, you have to you have to just embrace it.
0: All right. So for our pre-workout drink, <laughs> question one, who was young Gideon going to be when he grew up? Like was Gideon like going to be an
1: astronaut? Who was he going to be? I mean, this isn't very inventive, but he wanted to be a Broadway actor from See, a very, very early age. He started singing. I'm gonna say I started singing, and you're, I, gonna,
0: you're gonna jump out of the third person. Yeah, okay, I got into out.
1: acting, and I really just wanted to do it all the time. And so, what was your first theater or like skit or dramatic
0: experience?
1: First show sure I was ever in was The Wizard of Oz in preschool. And I wanted to play Toto more than anything, and we had to pick out of a hat, and I picked Toto. And I would like to think that that was providential in some way—that I was, I'm, I'm, I'm in the right path from very early on. I entered the right path.
0: Did you have lines as
1: Toto? No, I just barked. Wow. He was my favorite character, so naturally, that's who I wanted to play in the movie. When you watch the movie, you're yeah, like, wow, yeah. my favorite. Well, because dogs had, are awesome.
0: You had the scarecrow, the lion, you had uh, the tin man, all those characters to choose from. And you're Toto. like, I, I want mean, to be the little scruffy dog.
1: Yeah, I think I had a stuffed animal dog named Toto. I was nuts for oh, Toto. Oh, my God. I mean, he was so cute. And you got to be Toto. And I got to play Toto. I wasn't as cute. What was your costume like? Oh, I mean, this is a preschool production. I think I had like a, a paper paper strip and then ears. Mm -hmm. that's it
0: with like what brown uh jogging pants i don't even know what i
1: wore i don't know i don't remember it was preschool
0: so long ago does anyone have photos
1: of this no because i'm the baby of the family so unfortunately they all the babies never get photographs (laughs) because the parents they were over they're so tired of it
0: they were over it yeah oh poor toto that's hilarious that's hilarious you're doing this thing with a an organization or an awareness group called the covenant house
1: or you did a thing yeah so the covenant house is um it is a a, a organization that provides shelter for for homeless youth across the country and they do this thing called a sleep out where the whole idea is that we sleep out so homeless youth doesn't have to and we raise money for that and this was the broadway sleep out or the stage and screen sleep out that um audrey mcdonald does and stephanie j block rachel brosnahan a slew of wonderful wonderful people and they do it every year. And we raised, uh, I think, like $360,000 um, for, for this one night. And it goes to the Covenant House. And the Covenant House gives shelter to, to I think it's 18 to 21. It's a very, it's a small little bracket. Um, obviously, if you're a homeless person, come to the Covenant House. They will redirect you and house you and figure out a place for you to be. But it's for 18 to 21. They provide counseling. They... Um, Help you finish your G d, get you into college, help help you apply for jobs, rehousing. It's an incredible, incredible organization. And um, that was all I did was 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 raise money for that for that one night. But I believe in giving back. I mean, there's a woman named Marion Edelman who says, service is the rent we pay for being. And I think it's mm. I think it's such an important way to think about life
0: yeah that's good i paid my rent this morning
1: well congratulations
0: I, I ran nine miles from queens over the Ed Koch bridge to uh central park and back i'm running the new york city marathon got it for this uh organization called action for healthy kids uh-huh. and they help with like childhood um obesity mental health and they partner with schools across the country so i am uh, running the marathon to raise funds that's amazing so
1: how tough or enjoyable was the night out oh it was really it was so hard i, yeah. I mean I, I didn't sleep a wink it got to the point where i realized there I, you know i kept shuffling and trying to find a, a spot that would be comfortable and then i realized oh i'm not going to and that was kind of this it, it's a very simple realization but once i surrendered to that i thought it, it made me that's where the empathy really started, kind of um, became very super powerful because mm-hmm. I realized there is no comfortable spot. This is just not going to be comfortable. And this is how people live their lives. And not only do they live their lives this way, but then, then they have to go to school or they have to go to their job and they have to wash their face in the bathroom or at the train station. Um, and then they also have to do the work of pretending that they're not homeless. So not only are they deeply, deeply uncomfortable and not rested, but then the shame that's involved and not having to, to, to pretend that you that you have a house and that you have a home, it it's just um, it broke my heart. Mm. But it also changed me.
0: Yeah, cool. Good for you. Um, yeah, check it out, all the listeners out there, Covenant House. All right, our strength section today, the question is going to be, about your Tony nomination. Yes. Congrats in all sincerity. <laughs> Thank you. That's amazing. It's really amazing. Yeah, it's good for you. So Gideon plays Dill Harris in To Kill Mockingbird, the show that we've mentioned um, eighty-two times so far today in the episode. It doesn't get enough press, um, so let's keep doing uh, it. Alright, let's keep pumping yeah. it. I will I will pump it for the gods <laughs> on um on my Insta and all that. So in another interview that I read with you, you said that you're you're naturally an anxious guy yes and that the character of dill is not no so when you were developing the character what choices did you consciously make to do you you do seriously do a great job of you he's grounded but yet like he's kind of i don't want to say naive or or child or vulnerable he's definitely vulnerable then i want to say it cuz okay. i i do but that's that's the polite thing you say you know you say not now don't take offense by this yeah. or you say like now don't get angry what are you you're, so i just said that to be to be polite right okay so good i'm glad that i got the message that you were giving so he's very naive and yet he has this like wisdom that he brings where but
1: well, don't you think a lot of children have wisdom they all do yeah
0: yeah, they, that's that's they, what that was. They say
1: because it's pure. It's pure. It's it's almost it almost is black and white. Good is very good is good and bad is bad. The mm-hmm. the gray hasn't really come in yet. Yeah, and so um, especially when it's about virtues like civility and so forth, it's it's very clear to this character what yeah. is right and what is wrong.
0: Yeah, there's no filter. In what they see or hear, and there's also no filter in what they say, and that's I think the most powerful part for us as the adults because they're just let they're just winging it. They're just letting it loose.
1: Yeah, you can learn a lot from a child.
0: You can. So you're anxious, but Dill's not. Yeah. How how did you un anxious
1: yourself (laughs) up there? How did you get grounded? This is a character that builds himself up. He's um he's a very grandiose character, and he. To, because he is vulnerable he has a um, he has a defense mechanism which is are these, these stories that he tells um, this kind of grand life that he wants everybody to believe that he has thinking about that is the the way he speaks and the way he presents himself all of a sudden your your body shifts it's uh, your chest comes out it's uh, it's um he gestures in a, in a certain way he also he emulates Atticus because he likes Atticus so all of a sudden he's holding his body like this and his arms are behind him and his chest is pressed out. And I think that helps with grounding. But again, I, I think he's he's living in this world to protect himself so he doesn't have to be a nervous, scared person because he's living a life that is actually quite horrible. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's created this house of cards to protect himself. So that's kind of how I offset that.
0: Yeah. Going back to the anxiety, because I do like to talk about this a lot on the podcast. I know you've listened to every episode, but <laughs> I'm being so sarcastic and whatever and I'm usually not like this, but I think it's I'm so comfortable around you I'm that glad. I just We barely I, even know each other, but it's, it's wonderful. It's just something about you. <laughs> There's something about you. All right, so the anxiety part. I like to talk about it a lot because I think it's something that especially in the theater community, we don't talk enough about it because this profession more than tons out there can cause great anxiety, depression, the ups and downs of totally not knowing what's next, if what I'm doing currently is good enough, am I good enough, am I doing the right, should I even be acting at all? Um,
1: How do you fight that on a day-to-day basis? Well I think it's an ongoing battle. I think in my 20s I was was a lot more anxious and a lot more depressed. I think I'll be honest. Finding my my partner was really really helpful. It gave me a sense of of a, of a constant because it's such a roller coaster of a business, and kind of falling in love with him really really helped me. I I I it sucks because I want to I don't want to be like fall in love and that's that's <laughs> how you'll cure your depression and anxiety. I mean it'll never go away. But that for me was a really big turning point in my life, and then my career followed. It could have been that that was gonna that happened naturally or. Or it's, or it's connected, but I, I do think it's connected. I met him right when I did Significant Other Off-Broadway, um, which was a really big career leap, and, and my life just kind of really changed for mm. the better, uh,
0: I think because of him. So let's turn the angle then. Instead of saying, fight your anxiety by falling in love, let's say-
1: I don't think you should fight your anxiety ever. I think you need to accept your anxiety. Your That's your anxiety. the only way
0: to deal with anxiety. Accept your anxiety. Um, not by falling in love, but by being the type of person your partner is to others.
1: I think that's really, that's beautiful. Because
0: if we are, what's your partner's name? His name is Perry. Perry. Perry, welcome to the fam, baby. (laughs) That Perry, duh. Fresh skin. It's fresh. Fresh skin. If we all can be like Perry to one another, then in essence, we're all accepting anxiety
1: for each other yeah, and together. And yes. And I think there's, a, there's an element of, you, you know, you treat people the way you want to be treated. Mm. I think you should treat people the way you want to be treated. And I hope that's like being a good person, a mm. good friend and a good partner. Yeah. You can also learn a lot in, in, in relationships, whether that be romantic or friendship. Yeah. And, and you need to, again, those are constants. So friendships are constants. you got to figure out something that can give you some stability because the career will never be stable. Even at your highest high it's never going to be stable you're never going to work consistently every day you could be a, the most successful actor and still have months where you don't work just because of scheduling and so forth so what do you do at that time sure. But how do you how do you maintain your how do you maintain your creativity and also how do you maintain your your um, emotional health
0: well let's get into that in our conditioning section of the podcast can you tell us of a time when you weren't Tony nominee, Gideon Glitt, when you were struggling, like you're talking about the like in-betweens of work and not, or or maybe it wasn't involving that at all, but just something that, because in fitness, I try to parallel it to fitness, mm-hmm. you have your your stallouts, you have your detrimental comparisons to others, you have you just have things in your journey that are going not the greatest at the moment. And the same goes in our career. How did you get through it and what was that situation?
1: I mean, I think for anything, acceptance is always number one. You know, I came to New York doing Spring Awakening and that was very, I was very young and I wasn't necessarily, I didn't have craft. I didn't have um, a work ethic. I was just a a high schooler who liked to cut class and, and wanted to do theater. So that's who I was. And, you know, I, I, I was really fortunate that it brought me to New York and it opened so many doors, but I wasn't necessarily ready for those doors. I didn't have, I didn't have discipline yet. I didn't have a work ethic. I didn't have a, a craft. And it took me a really long time to figure that out. I went to school, but I didn't go to school for acting. I went for art history. I really, really enjoyed that degree. But again, I wasn't figuring out craft. So that was the journey. The journey was doing. The more I did, the more I learned. But it took me a really long time to kind of figure figure that out and figure out how to do it the way that fits me. For instance, we talked about anxiety. Um, I'm an anxious person. I'm very nervous at all auditions, no matter what it is. It's a horrible, horrible thing to have to go through. People shouldn't have to audition all the time, but that's part of our business. Um, but again, it's about acceptance. So whatever I'm feeling in that moment, that's what you're bringing in. So... Even if you're playing the most suave, I'll never play a suave character, but if you are Come someone on. who's not uh, counter what you are, you got to figure out what it is you're feeling in that moment that you can bring to get that character to life. And that, that was a really big learning point for me, where I wasn't trying to go in there and try to fit whatever this was going to be, but it was trying to be bring whatever I was feeling and obviously all the work I did to get there. It's not just you don't just show up and you're just being it's it's not that you have to work at it You have to think about who this person is There comes a point where you have to let it all go and not care about what what the final result is And that's kind of what we do And so learning that was a really really big thing for me Did I answer your question though?
0: Whatever you just said will be like the subtitle quote for your episode Sounds good That was brilliant I'm not even going to try to say what you said but All right it will be (laughs) it'll be there um everyone listening if you didn't catch that just rewind about 45 seconds and listen to that again so awesome well let's wrap it up uh you're going to be stepping into the role of seymour yes for two weeks two weeks at the west side theater off broadway yes sir it's a production of little shop of horrors Mm -hmm. i I had this professor at my musical theater horrors or horrors? Yeah. You're, you're not going to a little shop of horrors like right
1: if that's best. That's a whole different musical best little whorehouse well, and horrors is actually it's kind of a it's more fun to say in a strange way. It is horrors is like it. Yeah, But horrors kind yeah. of has a, a fun little arc to it. It does. Yeah. Well, let's see how you guys
0: pronounce it when we get there.
1: Okay, sounds good. So first off,
0: you're filling the role for Jonathan Groff. that yes. you were. Uh, once a castmate? Yeah,
1: Spring Awakening, directed by Michael Mayer, who directed Spring Awakening. There you go. It's a nice little full circle moment. It is. Can you tell us <clears throat> how that opportunity was presented to you? <laughs> sure. I um, I got a text from Michael Mayer. I was on vacation in Mexico, and my partner and I finally decided on our wedding date, which we thought, okay, it'll be November 11th. took us about a year to decide. Uh, We sent out an email to our friends and family, just like the closer ones before we sent the invites. Be like, hey, just kind of save the date. Four days later, we flew back from Mexico and arrived in New York. And then at 10 o'clock that night, um, I got a text from Michael Mayer saying, hey, hey, Gidge, you want to do this? And so, you know, my first instinct was to be like, oh, God, I can't do it. But then uh, my partner uh, was like... Duh, because I've always wanted to do Little Shop, and he knows that, and we love Little Shop at home, and um, we both grew up listening to it. It's just the best musical ever. And so he was like, of course you're going to do it. I was like, no, I know, of course I'm going to do it, but like, but I, uh, you know, I, I panic. So then we decided, okay, so we're going to push our wedding back one week, and so I'll finish Mockingbird November 3rd, and then I'll go into Little Shop from November 5th to the 17th, and then we get married on November 18th. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Wow. So it'll has, be will be a, a a very eventful November. I, I guess. Yeah.
0: Have you ever uh, shared that text story on
1: another podcast? No, I have not. Yeah, see, I got this you was, was back. You got some first
0: did, first dibs. Did he um, did he include like an emoji?
1: No. Did he do was like emojis. a, a there wink were no like a no winky
0: semicolon
1: parentheses? Not you just letters just straight Just straight what do you, what's what's letters. what did he call gidge yeah he calls me gidge like gidget from um mm. what is it the beach boys or the there's some beach sure. movie yeah that one Gidget is this character and that's you gidge yeah a lot of the spring awakening folk call me gidge all right that's what he called me cool yeah uh, i'm very excited and like i gotta say I've, I've seen run-throughs it's an extraordinary production and groff is incredible Tammy Blanchard's incredible. Christian Borle's incredible. It's going to give you exactly what you want out of Little Shop. And I, I had a, excuse my language, but a shit-eating grin the whole time watching it. Yeah. Um, I just, I love watching it. Everyone is so good.
0: And again, the dates that you'll be playing Seymour?
1: Yeah, uh, November 5th to the 17th. So it's just a, a two-week only affair. I mm. call it my, uh, it's not summer stock, so it's, it's my fall stock. Got
0: it. Is there anything in particular that you're looking forward to with the show?
1: Well, I haven't done a musical in seven years. Um, I grew up doing musicals and loving musicals, and then I sort of became a play actor. And so I'm really excited to do it again. I get so every time I see a musical, I get this longing and this pang to 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 be in it, and also it's just this excitement to watch it. So, but they're hard. They're very hard. It's a it's a it's a muscle. It's a it's a certain sort of stamina that i'm not so accustomed to so i find it it seems like a a good challenge and hopefully good fun yeah and only two weeks and only <laughs> so two if it's weeks. horrible and i suck
0: it'll be done no 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 well i i hope to be there for sure yeah i don't know do you want to let's just can you stay till do you want to skip the show tonight can you hang out uh if you want to call drinks? scott
1: rudin and ask him uh, go ahead all right well yeah. I'll take that as a
0: hard no. So okay, thanks for coming <laughs> and uh, being on the podcast. Of course, Gideon. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Don't forget about Broadway podcast network. Go to the website, broadwaypodcastnetwork.com. Go to the Instagram, broadwaypodcastnetwork. There's uh, tons of good content on our network, like Josh Swallows Broadway or Ensemblist or Equity One or the Heater Podcast. There's like, 90 of them just go see which one you like the best after you listen to mine and uh yeah you got you guys have yourself a good day it's me roscoe signing off